This is Hope on Demand's Anything But Quiet Time podcast. I should have taken should more take of a breath. breath. <laughs> Man. Uh, that's, yeah, this is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Clearly, there are other choices at yep. HopeOnDemand.com. We appreciate you giving us a chance. Art of Friendship and Welcome to Texas. Hope Notes. Yes. Know, the new one. Yes. Yeah. Maybe I already blew our chance, though, with people by not taking that big breath at the beginning. Like five seconds. Or, well, really, what is he? Two seconds in. Okay. She's not going to breathe. <laughs> I'm out. I can't I'm do this. Out. She's right. not quiet and she doesn't breathe right. We talk about what we're going through uh, spiritually and it was two frustrations in my life this week that I'd like to talk about. Mm. Uh, the airing of grievances, uh, but they turn into spiritual truths. and uh, They can I, yeah. if you do the right things with them. Well, one was just so hit you in the face. Like, I, there's no other way I can get around this other than what it is. Okay. Even though I was so vexed by mm. this conversation. And then one is I heard something I just really didn't like. But it's just true. And it's a great spiritual truth. Okay. So the first frustration, I'm chatting with somebody of another faith. And they believe some interesting things. And they believe some interesting things, if you're familiar with the, the term, the phrase, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, what the Christian belief is, is that we have one God and three persons. Mm -hmm. There's one... Uh, well, only only one being has God DNA, and that is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and they have always existed for all of eternity. Can I just preface what you're going to say with something I heard? Okay. On a documentary the other day I was watching, um, it, it, it involved some people in the LDS church, mm -hmm. but one of these ladies was speaking, and she was talking about the crazy beliefs of this one family. Okay. And she was referencing them. And then she was using this very unusual language to explain why, why they were wrong. But then she recognized, but there's probably people out there who think I'm bananas. You know, <laughs> I uh -huh. thought, how very astute of her. And I think it's important that I recognize when I'm talking to people of other faiths or people who do not believe in God, yeah. that they think we're nuts too. You know, it's... Well, you know, that, I know and, that I, what I believe is the truth. Right. And that can of, be true. But I think what it says to me is um, I have to realize, um, even if you're, let's say, Jehovah's Witness, okay, okay. I, I, you got to be very cautious to go up to somebody and go, well, this is what you believe. Well, okay, it's what the church teaches. Mm -hmm. I don't know what every individual believes. Because even you and I might go to a church and not agree with everything the pastor sure. says. So yeah. I, I think it's just an interesting kind of de-escalate the conversation. What do you believe personally? I've heard yeah. this taught, but yeah. what do you believe personally? That's good. And that's actually what the conversation was going. I was okay. explaining the Trinity because I was asked by a person of another faith. Yes. And I I did know, I was very familiar with their faith. And I explained what I explained just now about the Trinity. And, and I even brought in what their church teaches. I'm under the impression your church teaches this, and this is why it's different. This is why we, you know, according to scripture, would say that belief is not correct. And there'd be some hard questions with that. And, and I was very, trying to be compassionate. It was a clear. conversation. Good conversation. Okay. So yeah, you weren't being condescending. No, not at all. Well, not trying to be at least. She didn't take it that way. It seemed because she, she responded with uh, happiness. Good. And she said, oh, good. So we basically believe the same thing. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? So after you just, it's almost like writing out a list of pros and cons. It's uh -huh. like, okay, so here's where we are different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, she just erased the line between the differences and, and said it is oh, the same. It's the same thing. 
And I'm sitting here going, how did you get here? I, I, I said it so well. Yeah. And it hit me and it's hit me many a times before when sharing my faith, mm -hmm. I should be compassionate. I should put in the work to be compassionate and clear. I mean, I should understand what I believe and be able to, to say it and apologetics and all that stuff. But God handles the spiritual load. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. I can't change hearts. No. And it was like, and I honestly prayed, just let the scales, I can't remember if that's a, a specific verse or what, mm -hmm. but the scales from her eyes fall yeah. because it's like, how do you not see? I mean, even at the very least to acknowledge it's different, even if you say I'm not right, how do you not see it's different? And it's just like, there's such blindness mm -hmm. and, and we're, we're all that way in some capacities of, you know, manners even, but, but even, uh, even spiritual truths as well. But when it comes to the truth about who Jesus is mm -hmm. and the nature of God in this specific instance, which is super important, how did you not see that this is radically different and what you believe goes against what the Bible says, which you say is what you believe in. And so I have to fall back on and go, I've done my part. Was I compassionate? Mm -hmm. Let's start with that. Was I clear? And if it's still not, then God, that's a seed that was planted. And I'm just going to put that in your hands. I cannot take that burden. When it starts to get flustering, when you start to feel blood either draining from your face or collecting in your face, mm -hmm. <laughs> take a breath. Uh, like I needed to at the beginning of the podcast. Take a breath. You should have. And... I may not be in the correct spirit or frame of mind. And when I say may not, clearly I'm not. Um, whenever I get into a defensive place, not in a way of like being able to say what it is that I believe and stand up for Jesus, mm -hmm. but I do it and it's not calm. Like there's not peace in it in the way I'm presenting Then I know I'm not in the right spirit of it. So yeah, I think it's a really good reminder that did somebody just knock? I thought that was your shoe. <laughs> no, somebody, I, somebody, somebody might knocks. be at the door, but we're not going to answer. Oh my word. Okay. He stands at the door and knocks, it says in scripture. He's Jesus at the door. <laughs> no, with what you said is for me, it wasn't the, the same situation. I, I wasn't, I've, I've had really frustrating conversations of like, cause there were snarky mm -hmm. answers coming back and mm -hmm. I would get defensive. I was more like flabbergasted of like, like how, Oh my gosh. I was talking to a wall. The I was last talking to, 30 yeah, minutes. yeah. Yeah. That's what it yeah. felt like. But what you do, what you do say sparks something from the other night. Mm -hmm. um, I was helping with students at our church and you know, like, what do you guys want to talk about? Uh, you know, you're entering your senior year in high school and uh, going to college. Is there anything on, you know, especially walking forward through this year that you want to like be prepared for to go to college? And somebody said apologetics, which is defending the faith, having an answer ready. Yeah. And I love those conversations, even within like Christian to Christian and talking about, well, what's a good answer here? Well, if the Bible's confusing in this, th this topic, how do we reconcile? And you, you know, you go back and forth and you want to have a good answer. Um, but clearly there was like a lot of dependence on it. And I, I told him two things to start because I, I would I love talking about each individual issue. I really love that. Mm -hmm. But to start, one great piece of advice I've gotten is if somebody questions your faith or says, why do you think the Bible's true or whatever? Yeah. One way to start, especially if you know them, right? One good place to start is by saying, if I could prove to you that the Bible is real, that Jesus is really the son of God. He really rose from the dead. If I could prove to you 
all of that, would you follow him? And if their answer is no, mm-hmm. or even a big hesitation, they try to start stumbling through words, trying to make an excuse. Why waste time on that conversation? Because it's not about the evidence at yeah. that point. It's about the willingness, you know? And so yeah. don't, th- th- then instantly you don't have to get defensive. It's it, it's their heart. There's so many things that you just said that I'm like, oh gosh. So when I get defensive, that is a negative thing. Mm-hmm. And it usually is about me and not the other person and well, where I'm at, right? And this is what I told him. I'll just tell you this part because I told him two things, right? That was the other thing. Yeah. I said, a lot of times when I get defensive about the Bible and somebody says, the Bible actually says that, you know, the Bible supports slavery or, yeah. you know, or whatever. I, I got to realize some of those feelings are because I don't want to look like an idiot. Mm. Yeah. And I have to drop that part of it, but then just be faithful to defending the Bible. Sure. Having an answer ready, as mm-hmm. it says, and I think it's Timothy, having the answer, a defense ready for what you believe. Absolutely, we should. But I got to drop those feelings of it being such a selfish, well, I just don't want to look stupid. Yeah. And so anyway, so go ahead. What's your motive behind it? Yeah, what's the motive? Yeah. The scripture. Yeah. And I, maybe it's the word defend because I, I am a very defensive personality. Um, I think most of us are. I mean, it's a, it's a natural tendency if somebody comes at you and their dukes are yeah. swinging. Depending on the topic, if it's a personal topic to you. Yeah. Instantly. It's You're like, passionate. Yeah. So I'm going to defend myself. Mm-hmm. So part of that is just being a human being. The other part mm-hmm. of it when it's like, but, but wait a second. Now, <laughs> now it's not even about defending yourself. You're being offensive. Yeah. Now you're true. going out you swinging. Could, you could go that way. That's true. And so when I get defensive, is there truth in what they're sharing? Is that why it's stirring up in me this defensive reaction? But there is a difference between defending the faith and being defensive. Mm-hmm. Sure. And defending, maybe that is the wrong word for me to be using because it's such a personal word for me and in my own story and what I, what I struggle with. Maybe it's just knowing what I need to know to share what it is that I believe. So just having the tools in my backpack to be able to share, this is why I believe what I believe. And here's the proof that I have that mm-hmm. led me to this belief. I think, and that's what we've talked about on this podcast before is, Everybody has faith. Yes. If you're an atheist, you have faith that there's no God. And that, I mean, there's a lot, you have to have a lot bigger faith in my opinion. So I've always looked at it or the last, really in the last couple of years, looked at it as, as a court case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We weren't there. Nobody was there to witness in person Jesus. But you look at the evidence that stacks up both in my personal life, what I've seen God do. Yeah. And then, and then as well as the tangible historical evidence that's there. The accounts of the people who were there. And if I'm on the jury mm-hmm. and I'm just seeing all of this, will you either vote guilty or not guilty in faith based on the evidence? I, I love this woman. She called our radio show this morning and she shared that she had a friend who told her straight up, I don't believe in God. Mm, that's right. And it yeah. was almost like, I'm just not going there. So please don't talk about it with me. Don't do anything. And it was really frustrating for her. And then she realized I have to release this over to Jesus and just keep living my life as unto the Lord around yeah. this guy. And seemingly being open about her faith. Yeah. Not shoving it down the person's throat, but, right. but, but not hiding it. And she said, so for whatever reason, this is where he was. I I attempted to plant a seed. It's God who has to harvest it. Yeah. It goes back to that. Right. It, I can't do the Holy Spirit's work in that per, uh, person's life. And when we start saying things like that, I think it has to start with saying it. And then it slowly becomes our belief system because mm-hmm. no matter how many times I think it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I still get upset. Like, where don't they believe? Wait a second. Wait a second. Is this God's work or Rochelle's work? Sure. 
Sure. Yeah. This is God's work. Well, it's like, and like we've talked about with, um, uh, if you know the truth, you know, let's say you, um, uh, you know, let's say something like this. Let's say you won that. I just read the, the, uh, news report about the lottery, the, the, the billion dollar ticket from a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Apparently it was two people that, um, one person bought the ticket, but they went in together and said, all right, if one of us wins this, uh, we'll split it. And that's what happened. Now they're saying anonymous and they've been working it out smartly with like legal team and, yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but let's say one of them was wearing just a cruddy shirt, you know, one day walking into Home Depot, just doing a project and somebody makes fun of them for being poor. Now, do you really need to get defensive? No, no I'm not. No, because you know you're not. You got half a million dollars. They half a billion, you, right? or half a billion. Yeah. yeah, excuse me. And so you 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 know you're good. You have this wealth that you don't necessarily need to prove. Now, mm -hmm. the difference is we want to share this truth, this yeah. wealth with people. Can you imagine but, going into Home Depot and offering that same gentleman? Right. <laughs> A thousand dollars. And then they may not believe you. You don't have it. You don't have it. You don't that. have, you don't have yeah. that. You know, and that's the thing is I, I, if I'm confident in my faith, then I don't need to you know, see some stuff on TikTok that I'm like, oh my gosh, they are misrepresenting scripture so bad. And it does tick me off that other people see this false narrative mm -hmm. does tick me off. But in terms of me feeling like I'm dumb because no, I, I know it mm -hmm. and I don't. I don't have to prove it to you if you're just really not going to sit down and have an actual conversation. Yeah. This is all good. So how did you end it with the lady who was like, yeah, so we basically believe the same thing. What did you say? Um, I said, so what did I say? I said, um, <laughs> this is what I, I said. I think I said, I'm always here to talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> I picture what's happening in your imagination, in your uh -huh. mind's eye. And it's like, there was this calm peaceful, serene scene mm -hmm. right, as right. you were sharing this truth and it seemed to be flowing out of your mouth like honey. Yeah. And then she took a baseball bat. Right. Well, more so just, I was, what's the, what's the, uh, the Looney tune that has the six shooters. Oh uh, yeah. Was, Yosemite Sam. I, I was Yosemite Sam instantly. <laughs> That's Tasmanian devil. Actually, I was both. I was like. both. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other thing that I heard this week, the spirit that would turn into a great spiritual truth, but I, I, I did not like it first, but it's just, it's just true. I don't like it when it applies to my life, I guess. Instantly I was like, oh, that's good. But then I'm like, I don't like it. <laughs> um, you know, when we're in the middle of a storm, we're in the middle of something hard in our lives, a season hard in our lives. And we ask, why me? Why can't God just get me out of it? Why does this financial, medical, whatever situation, why has it gone on forever? And, you know, the truth is, I, we don't know, not yet. But what somebody shared, I'm like, oh, I got to remember that. Mm -hmm. Your faith is more important to God than him just snapping his fingers and getting you out of your trial. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, Jesus wept, right? I mean, God loves us and grieves with us, but it's it's like your kindergartner being frustrated about something at a kindergarten level. That's not the biggest deal in the world because of how 
short of a time frame that is. Eternity is where it's at. Eternity yeah. with God. This life is so short that I think you used the word irritant when we talked about this. <laughs> and I think it is appropriate even for some of the hardest things in life be simply because of the time frame we're on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's not hard, but in the vast scheme of things, mm-hmm. that's why faith is so much more important than our circumstances. But our picture is only so big. No, yeah, God, that's true. God um, one day is going to give us the big screen view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the dream football TV screen view. We're still on that black and white standard four by three, you know, yeah. have the bars on the sides. Exactly. You know? uh, I was talking to a gentleman the other day, a homeless gentleman, and it's interesting. I, I prayed with him and uh, came back and visited him the next day. And I brought up um, some more. I brought Jesus into the conversation a little bit and and he basically just kind of set it flat. You know, people keep saying, God told me to stop and, and share something with you. It happens all the time. And then he proceeded to share with me that he's having, he's having trouble believing mm-hmm. that God is, is looking out for his good. Sure. And I saw in that moment an outside person's perspective. God is using all of these people to try to reach you and connect with you and love on you. And yet because of his circumstances, it's real blurry and he's not getting it yet. He's Mm -hmm. saying it to me. Mm -hmm. Well, people keep telling me that God keeps telling them to stop and they're giving me all this stuff. And and yet he feels so strongly about how God doesn't view him in the way that I know he views him with love. Right. You're my son. Come home. And that is something that I need to take into my own uh, into my own mind's eye and say, Rochelle, on those days where I'm like, where is God? Why me? What's going on? There are those moments. It's like the old adage. We've shared this before where the guy is on the roof because the flood is, is taken over the house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's praying to God for help and the boat comes and the helicopter comes and gets to heaven. Why didn't you help me? I sent a boat. I sent a helicopter, you know, yeah. we, we miss it. Yeah. I don't want to miss it. Yeah. And then that, that's a, re- a reminder. It, it can be some of the simple things. Yeah. Right? Along the way, in the yeah. midst of your trial, in the midst of the why me moments. Uh-huh. And he's been, first of all, why not me? Because that's what Jesus said. Why not me? And he came and he died for me. Yeah. He yeah. didn't have to because he's a deity. He's God. Yeah. <laughs> but he did. Yeah. He didn't want to necessarily do it. And he shared that piece of the humanity with us, God in flesh and saying, please take this cup from me, Lord, but not my will, your will be done. Then he showed me what to do with my my sadness, my trial. Lord, help me to hold this loosely because this isn't it. And I can only see so far in front of me because I've got the small screen TV. Yeah. But yeah. I trust you with the big screen quality that you you're bringing something in that I don't know because I can't see the way he sees he's, well, he's outside of our timeline and we get a sneak peek when we look back right yes, you look back you a year two five years oh, you know I see what you were up to a little oh, bit there my goodness I would have never if this never and if that wasn't allowed you know but it's just in the moment it's hard to see you were talking about the scales falling from your eyes and there may be another account but the one that immediately jumped out was Paul when he is met on the road to Damascus and he is on his way with God's work mm-hmm 
I'm putting that in quotes, God's work. It's not God's work. He's imprisoning Christians, um, potentially martyring some of those Christians. And he's on his way and, and the road to Damascus. You may know the story. God shows up, blinds him, says, why are you doing this? And Paul's like, Whoa. Lord, who are you? What am I doing? I'm Jesus. Mm-hmm. The one you're persecuting. The one that you said is a, isn't real. Yeah. The one that you say is anti you. Mm-hmm. And so he's blind and it's the moment. It's not even right away, right? He has to process this. And he goes to, um, he goes to where Jesus, uh, Jesus tells him to go. And Ananias, this guy shows up because God tells him to, I wouldn't, I would have been scared. I'd be like, Lord, you want me to go where? I mean, it, I mean, somewhat similar. I, I don't want to, you know, try to compare the atrocities, if you will, but somewhat similar if somebody said, hey, okay, there's going to be the leader of ISIS and yeah. he's going to be over here yeah. and you're going to go in there and you're going to, you know, take care of him. And it's like- People were terrified of this guy. Yeah, yeah. And they were just trying to follow this way, this Jesus lifestyle. And Paul was getting them on every account because he was a Pharisee and he knew the law better than anybody. And he could he could trip you up if he needed to trip you up. And he, he found a reason to get you in jail, if not worse. So when Ananias is told by God's spirit to go and meet this guy, and then he's like, <laughs> I've heard a lot of things about him, Lord. (laughs) Are you sure? But he obeys God. So that would be horrifying. But he went and he baptized Paul. And the moment he comes up out of the water, it's something as scales fall from his eyes and he sees. And so that's our prayer for people in our lives, right? That don't know Jesus. They think they're on a path that's righteous. Mm Mm-hmm. And they maybe even said, I will die on this hill. I've heard people say that about false teaching lately. I will die on that hill so that people can identify the way they need to and their truth and all all this stuff. And I'm Mm. like, those are so bold words, but it tells, it should tell me, number one, be praying for that person. Don't get ticked off. Number two, they are searching for purpose. Mm -hmm. They are willing. They are willing to purpose their life for something that seems bigger than themselves. And it may not be the right one, but I think there's value in that. Even finding something affirmable in that person that you may completely disagree with, but be able to say your passion is amazing. And God gave you that passion. And we just have to find ways to help direct. At the very least, there's, I I really like your shoes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You got that. You got right? shoes. Oh, Unless, they're barefoot. Oh. oh, man. I really like your toes. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Cross the line. Super creepy. But speaking of Pharisee, that I was reading a chapter um, in the book of Matthew. It's the 22nd chapter. And Jesus goes for it with these guys. The Pharisees were the teachers of the day. And there were several groups of these guys Sadducees, Sadducees were kind of limited in their belief system. They didn't believe in life after death. Pharisees did. Um, And these guys were experts. They knew their stuff when it came to what's the right thing to do. And they went, they went out of their way to try to test Jesus on stuff. They were experts also at being able to somehow come out on top. Like they would put people, put people to the fire when it came to obeying the law. But they would make it, 
I don't know, these weird, like exceptional type things. And he, forgive me, I said Matthew 22, it is 23. He starts out in 22, but it's the 23rd chapter where almost every single paragraph it starts out with Jesus basically saying, you Pharisees and teachers of the law of Moses are in for trouble. So, I mean, he, no holds barred. This is the final week of his life before he gives it on the cross where he is delivering this powerful message. But he's like, you, you say, let me read this verbatim. You're supposed to lead others, but you're blind. Speaking of scales falling off. You teach that it doesn't matter if a person swears by the temple, but you say it does matter if somebody swears by the gold in the temple. You blind fools, which is greater? The gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? It was all kind of like backwards. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then there were like these ways that somehow they would push you in terms of you're not honoring your family, but somehow they would be like, I can't, I'm doing God's work. I can't take care of my parents. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus was calling people out on the carpet. And as as I was reading this chapter, it was afterwards, I thought, Lord, I have always looked at this in the context and the timeline that it happened. But I think you're also warning us in the future of this pharisaical mindset Mm -hmm. where we can be so so completely 100% certain of what it is that we know that we miss the forest for the tree and that I can get so wrapped up in this one law that I miss what Jesus is really trying to say that God is not interested in your sacrifice. Ultimately, he needs your obedience. He's asking for you to be set apart, to be holy. These are the things that God desires. Relationship with you. He sets up rules and boundaries and guidelines to kind of help express, this is the way you should go walk you in it. But you have set up these, it's like if you get close to the edge of that perimeter, it's an electric fence for mm. people. And that wasn't meant to be that way. It's like there's freedom in knowing Jesus. Mm. So I, I, I want to caution myself and maybe you are listening. We, we do, we're so blessed because we have God's word in our hands, but sometimes because I know the truth, as I shared earlier in the podcast, being silly with you a little bit, it's like, well, I know the truth, so I should be fine. Everybody else doesn't know the truth. I need to even be careful with that. I know the truth of Jesus Christ, not because of anything I have done, but because by his grace, it's been revealed to me. Mm-hmm. And this is something that he wants other people to have access to. He wants them to be that person in Lowe's and I can give them that thousand dollars and they don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when they, when it's handed to them, oh my word, you're for real. Mm-hmm. We have the opportunity to bless people in that way. No, nothing because of what we've done but because of who he is. And there's this this tendency, I think, when we know an answer, like a spelling bee, you get up to answer the, spell this word, you know that word. And what happens in you, you get, you get excited, you're, you're invigorated to share. I know how to spell that one. And uh, then maybe the next round, I get a little uppity. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I knew the last one. I'm going to know this one. Psh, that person that just went before me totally got out on that word. I knew that one too. Mm-hmm. We start to kind of get that. We, we're competitive that way. That's the way human beings are. And we're being warned, I think, in this chapter of getting caught up in things that are, that is so not even the main thing, Rochelle. 
keep me as the main thing. What well, What is a daily example or regular basis life example that you feel this this creeps up? Because I, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's hard. We were just talking about this last night at our small group, actually, and it's like it can be tough because yeah, we don't want to be like the Pharisees, but also yeah. we have way more than they. We have Jesus' words, mm-hmm. so we have a lot more clarity than they did. I, I think it's very easy for any. <sighs> This pops up all the time in our culture because things are prevalently pressed towards the forefront of um, social media, different topics that set uh, people on edge when it comes to belief systems. So if you are a Christian and you go with traditional Christian beliefs, a lot of the stuff that's being preached right now at the altar of self-indulgence and identity is do you do you, you do what feels good. Mm-hmm. And if you don't celebrate that, I'm going to cancel you. Mm-hmm. You need to go along with me. And understandably, when Christians are confronted with this, and a lot of us, because it doesn't align with what our belief systems are, it's it's confusing, it's frustrating. It riles you up. You get back to that defensive mode we were talking about earlier. And so st- taking a step back and being able to what we just talked about with looking at somebody's shoes. Can I compliment that? Mm. Can I find some common ground with this person so that I don't set off a firestorm that uh, this is not what this is about. When Jesus confronted the Pharisees, there was something so completely righteous in the way he did it. Mm. And I think it's very easy for me to take that and use that as an excuse. If I'm trying to wail on somebody and say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You're being a Pharisee. You're the, that's not the way Jesus was doing it. Mm -hmm. He was using, in fact, he used Isaiah. He quoted old Testament scripture to these guys who would have been very well versed in it to share with them. Do you remember when Isaiah said you have ears to hear, but you do not hear Mm -hmm. you have eyes to see, but you do not see. And so he was, he was confronting them with saying, do you see this? Mm -hmm. Here's the mirror in front of your face. So I think I can tend to, based on what I already know because of my studying of scripture or what I learned as a child growing up in the church or whatever, I think I know that I know that I know so many things. And the more I know, Carter, I've shared this before too, the less I realize I know. Mm-hmm. I know if I can always come back to the cross and Jesus Christ and him crucified, which is what I believe Paul iterated then I'm solid, I'm good. But I I want to make sure that it's always coming back to the cross. It's always coming back to the resurrection. It's always coming back to that. That is what forms the foundation of our faith. And so if I am, if I'm getting riled up and I'm allowing somebody else's social media post that day or something that's trying to be crammed down the throat of my, my teenage son at high school because... This is where we're at in our culture socially. I can get riled up. My son sees that, then he gets riled up. That's going to take us nowhere fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what would Jesus do? And then we look at his example and his example is have a meal. Have over and over again, they have a meal. He has a meal with sinners and tax collectors. He brings food to the multitudes he has a meal before he dies. He has a meal. He makes them breakfast after he's resurrected. Mm-hmm. It's constantly, let's sit down and talk together. Yeah. Let's have yeah, a conversation. Good. And those are the specifically, he's talking to these 12 people 
that have chosen to do life with him. It's his small group. It's not necessarily the masses. He knew that that would maybe happen. He knew that that would happen later with social media, I'm sure. But at the same time, if we can get to the mindset of like, um, we, we live in Houston. I always say that this is a huge town with a small town vibe. I want to be maybe given the opportunity to have a platform on social media, but always bring it back to a simplicity, a small town vibe where people are like, I can talk to that girl. Mm-hmm. She doesn't go off on stuff. She's actually able to celebrate some commonalities in other people of other faiths before she recognizes the differences. I hope to be that person. I know that I'm not, I struggle with that, but I, I want to be that person because that is what Jesus did. He started with, I'm going to come over to your house today, Zacchaeus. Mm -hmm. Let's have lunch. You can't do that if you're ranting. No, that's good. I I, I think it comes down to the people too, because I heard somebody asking a pastor about, uh, there's a mention of, uh, it's just, I'm trying not to get too into it, but there's a mention of Esau Mm -hmm. in Hebrews, which Esau was an Old Testament person. Mm-hmm. And he was the guy that uh, got real hungry and gave up a, <laughs> a, his birthright. Yeah. And then it was, and then it was too late. Right. And he's yeah. like, Oh no, I want it back. You know? And it's like, don't be like Esau when you, you, it's something to the effect of you can't repent anymore. Mm. And so, you know, this person asked a pastor for some people, are they too far gone? Mm. Are they too far gone that they can't come back? And no, the, the, the analogy is the judgment has happened, right? Mm-hmm. The the birthright, the 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 judgment dying, that's when it's too late. Mm-hmm. But until then, no, nobody is too far gone. Mm-hmm. They they might be because they might choose to always stay that way, but there's still a window of time that it is possible. And I also shouldn't underestimate, like we were talking about earlier, God handles the spiritual load. Mm-hmm. What he can do to the most radical person's heart, like Paul. Mm-hmm. And so you talk about not getting riled up because I should have hope for all people mm-hmm. instead of treating it like, you know, uh, uh, MSNBC Fox News battle. You know, mm-hmm. Democrats are always like this. Well, the Republicans are always like this. And, you know, we get in that mindset of this person's just always like this and they're always going to be because they're the worst and they believe this. And it's like anybody can change. I think if you start looking at the people, um, you, you talk about looking at people through God's through God's eyes or trying to give me your eyes mm-hmm. so that I can see is a Brandon Heath song. And I, I love that thought. How do you do that? I think it starts with trying to envision them as a child. Envision that person who might be on their social media platform saying all sorts of cruel, ugly, turns your stomach things. Imagine them as a child. Where did the wounding start? What happened? And then trying to, in some way, be able to sympathize and say, man, there was a wounding there. I was wounded once. I remember what it was like to dot, dot, dot. And that experience was was horrifying. What does this person need truly in this moment? Not necessarily what they're saying. What is their heart saying? Mm, Yeah, that's good. And if Jesus looked at the heart of people and could tell where they were at, just like the rich young ruler from all outside appearances, people were like, that guy's got it. He looked like the billion dollars that those two men won, right? And yet 
there wasn't, <laughs> to use that analogy, there wasn't a penny in his heart. You mm-hmm. know, he was, he was coming up short in that regard. And Jesus was like, you guys keep looking at the wrong things here. So when I'm seeing that person who repulses me, because they are, they are so glued to, I want my way. This is my truth. This, what is really going on with this precious child of God? Mm-hmm. And if I start seeing them through the eyes of the father, then it's going to really help me have, I have this need to correct them. No, that, like you said, that's the Holy Spirit's job. And I heard this woman on Focus on the Family the other day. She shared people at the heart of it. They know when they're doing the wrong thing because God gave us each a conscience. Now we can bury that deeper and deeper. That's true. But she said, my job is not to go around telling, hey, by the way, you shouldn't do that because that's wrong. People know when they're doing wrong. Now they may convince themselves or at least spout it off like they feel like they're doing the right thing. But at the heart of the matter, they know when they're doing wrong. But when you show up as Jesus at their door Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and share compassion and a meal with them, And when I say a meal, I'm just talking about good, healthy conversation like you did with this woman. You didn't reject her. Mm -hmm. You didn't cut her off. You cut yourself off in that moment because you went Yosemite Sam in your brain. But (laughs) on the outside, (laughs) you held it. You held it together and you continue to be Jesus. Yeah. And that that means disagreeing, but disagreeing compassionately. Yeah. And being able to... Uh, you're, I think the meal thing is great because I think you just sit down and talk it over. And and Jesus didn't approve of what Zacchaeus That's was right. doing. He didn't approve of what those, you know, and, and I'm sure if they asked him, he would have told him. Uh-huh. Uh, he may have told, I think he that's the thing. He may have told him, even, yeah. you know, obviously there was repentance, but something about, about him just, obviously he had a reputation before Zacchaeus got in the tree, but, but something about Jesus sitting down with a meal made Zacchaeus just go, Guess what I'm going to do? Yeah. Change. The it's it crazy. Guy, the yeah. it guy who should not be with me because nobody else has sat with me before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not only is sitting yeah. with me, but it wasn't even by my invitation. He invited himself. That doesn't happen. That yeah. didn't happen. What would happen if that person who is expecting us as Christians to, to be, you know. <laughs> Rant and yell. Yeah. What would happen if we invited them to our table? And just maybe not even brought up the thing that they're ranting and yelling about, but just had a meal. Sure. It's a good thought for this week. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast and everything else that you can think of, any topic you can think of, you can search for it at hopeondemand.com. <laughs>